I respect this show, Dan, and I thought it, you're right. Uh, my husband also agreed that it was incredibly disrespectful me to, for me to show up with a gray C or no. He was very disappointed in me. Welcome to Highly Questionable. I'm Dan Lebetard. I don't know what Pablo's doing, but L. Duncan is ready to get going. So let's do it. All right. Did Tom Coughlin have it coming? I often marvel that so many sports consumers, customers, fans, they want the athlete to work under a boss that they themselves would never want to work under. Tom Coughlin is the most decorated figure in the history of Jacksonville football. He has three different times, twice in Jacksonville and with the New York Giants, built, architected something special. But he's the drill sergeant guy, a dinosaur from a different time. And when you get the NFLPA taking a measure that you don't often see, which is warning all players to avoid signing with Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jags owner cannot abide that. He has to take the results of this season and that letter and say, hey, most decorated guy in our history, get out of here before the season ends. We can't have this around our stuff. Listen, I used to live in Jacksonville. I just got to say, Jacksonville is the warning to not come to Jacksonville. <laughs> With that being said, uh, Dan, this is not on Tom Coughlin. This is on Shad Khan. I mean, people get more ornery with age, not less. I think it's laughable that we're clutching our pearls at this idea that he would fine Leonard Fournette almost $100,000 because he dared to sit on the bench of a game that he was inactive when we knew years ago that he fined someone for wearing white socks with sandals at the team hotel, which, by the way, should be illegal but is not to your point dan this team this jacksonville team was young they needed a compass not a drill and i'm not saying that i'm of the cliff kingsbury crowd right that thinks that you should have snapchat breaks but they certainly needed someone that was going to lead them more than someone that was going to order them around I do think the owners should have to answer questions here because it doesn't make any sense that you would have, as your head of football, the closest thing pro sports has to Ebenezer Scrooge. I mean, the guy hated his employees. He took money from them constantly. He disciplined them. He made up rules. He finds someone for illegally sitting, as L pointed out. And the only difference between Scrooge's workplace and the Jaguars is, is that the Jaguars organized. They had a union, and this is a huge win for the NFLPA, which is so often put upon, which is so often toothless because they're going, they're going up against the owners who have all the money in the world, except this version of Scrooge left a paper trail. Like, how did this not come to light earlier last year? The 2018 offseason is when Dante Fowler ended up getting fined against the law of the CBA. But there was Scrooge bah humbugging, and no one thought to say, wait a minute, maybe that guy shouldn't be the one that we asked players to play for. He said they were Scrooged. Scrooged is the phrase that he used. Scrooged. Do you believe Odell when he says he wants to stay in Cleveland? Okay, so Mike Silver reported and Jay Glazer reported that both Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry were shouting at the sidelines, come get me, come get me. And here's Odell Beckham neutering that story, diluting it or trying to. It's done. It's old. You know, like, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I, I'll be here. We're going to figure this thing out. What, what we felt like we should have been and correct all the little, you know, mistakes and all the, if we would have did this, games, you know, and it, it's just too good. You know, I didn't, I didn't buy a house here to, to sell it. 
we love in 2019 our anonymous sources. And Mike Silver and Jay Glazer have been doing it well for a really long time. So I'm not here to question the journalism, but I'm here to ask you guys the hypothetical. If these guys are telling the truth, if it is indeed true that they would never do something like this, because we don't have a lot of history of knowing people doing stuff like this, how mad would they be today? How mad should they be today if this isn't what happened there? And now they've got their teammates thinking that they don't want to go fight with them on Sundays. I'd be super frustrated if the reports weren't true here. And when they're coming from anonymous sources, these kinds of denials make me believe that no one else overheard it because I'm not hearing it from Arizona Cardinals players. But Dan, there is an alternate solution here. And it is the fact that Odell Beckham is simply going through the five stages of grief. I mean, it starts with denial, goes to acceptance, goes to bargaining, goes to depression, and finally acceptance. And we have watched him go through each of these. At first, he didn't believe the trade was happening. Then he was very mad at Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman. And then he was very sad. He tried to get people to come get him. And now finally, he may be just at peace with the fact that this is where he is. So it is terrible. It is fun for us to watch. But I kind of believe that maybe he realizes there's nowhere else for him to go. Yeah, no, I don't I don't believe him at all. I think he absolutely wants out. But I do believe in his personal growth. I mean, you guys, this is a man that quite famously fought a net in one of his most <laughs> productive seasons of his career. I mean, the Giants put out some putrid offenses. And still, in a season where he is putting up career lows, he has been as professional as you could ask for and certainly more professional than their quote-unquote leader has been. Leading me to believe that maybe someone should flash a camera in his face to make sure he's actually still there get out obj get out is magic johnson right that the lakers would not be in the position they are in without him can you be technically right and all kinds of wrong at the same time? Because, of course, LeBron James went to Los Angeles, and that was under Magic Johnson, and that's where everything started. It gave David Blatt a career temporarily, and it gave Magic Johnson an executive career very shortly that if he had merely waited 10 more minutes to quit, he could have gotten all of the credit. But because he quit and because LeBron orchestrated Anthony Davis himself, LeBron James is going to end up getting whatever credit there is or the brunt of credit there is to give in Los Angeles that that team is off to that kind of start. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like Hollywood, right? And LeBron James' vested interest in what his future business was going to be is what drew him to Hollywood. At the end of the day, Rob Palinka is who got the deal done with Anthony Davis. I hate disparaging Magic Johnson. It kind of feels like calling Santa overrated a week before Christmas. Uh, but when push comes to shove, like he absolutely was important and instrumental in some ways. But if he's going to take all of the credit for how good this team is right now, he also has to take some of the blame for what they looked like last year because it was his idea to surround LeBron James with playmakers instead of shooters when almost every single pundit would have told you that's exactly what he needed to be successful in that particular system. I kind of wish he had taken more of a Tony Dungy approach here. Like we all knew, including Tony Dungy, that it was his team that John Gruden led to a Super Bowl back in 2002, but he was too classy to say it. And I feel like Magic should have just taken the high road and let us say that. The fact that we're not, I think leads me to believe that no one actually believes magic was super instrumental in what they look like right now.
But Al, you mentioned Santa Claus. This was Magic Johnson talking to our pal Bill Plaschke at the LA Times. While being Santa Claus, he was giving away more than 300 bicycles to a needy neighborhood in South LA. And so I have all sorts of questions about even how much credit Rob Palinka should get. This all seems to be about LeBron James getting what LeBron James wanted, both a Hollywood foothold and also Anthony Davis. And that's sort of where all of this starts. But for me, I'm still the guy when Magic Johnson showed up here after I spent months killing him on high noon. He shows up, I jump on the couch like Tom Cruise and dap him up yes. because he is Magic Johnson. Yeah, no, He's charismatic uh, you and lovable. You rolled over on your back and you let him rub it. your belly. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Magic Johnson got there. You had ripped him so ferociously. Magic Johnson gets there and you fall right on your back and you let him rub your belly. He is the best at hugging. No Good one feeling. is better. He envelops you. He's basically a mascot, so that makes sense. Pablo, where do I fit in your hug rankings, your hug power rankings? Am I am yeah. I high? Am I others receiving votes? Am I just sweaty? Nah, you're on the medal stand. Um, you're nice. a sweaty bronze, but the problem a is that your hands bronze. wander. Yes. Your hands just wander a yes. little too much. So That's much the only of Miami is sweaty Wait, bronze. Wait, Dan, do you do you are you a forward hugger or do you do one of those creepy side hugs where you just leave no, one arm? I am. I'm an enveloper. I am. Uh, he's been stuck in my bosom. It took like three days to get him out. I love it. Do we need to start taking the Heat seriously as finals contenders? Out of nowhere, that team is really good, indisputably good. You look at all the metrics, and that is a team that's playing very well together. I would still choose other stars in the conference, in the playoffs, because I don't think Jimmy Butler is quite enough. But I will say this. Bam Adebayo is a name that the country needs to start to know. That guy is a legitimate all-star. He is young. He is doing a variety of different things in the new evolution of the NBA, guarding one through five, and he's helped make them as good as they are. Jimmy Butler, when asked last night about winning with only one star, he's like, who are you guys talking about, Bam? Because we got two of them. Shoot. If you ask some, you could say three because, of course, Kendrick Nunn, the undrafted guy who comes out of nowhere and plays really well. Uh, I agree with you, though. I still think it's the Bucks to lose. Uh, who actually loses Malcolm Brogdon and gets better? That would be the Bucks. They are absolutely fantastic. But I will say this for Miami. I think what I like about them the most is that they're almost essentially like a Swiss army knife of a team. They've got someone that fills almost every single need. With that being said, they need someone. They need to acquire someone. I think a Drew Holiday would work, but dare I throw the name of a Chris Paul, someone that's not a ball-dominant guard, someone that's not going to come in there and wreck what they've already currently started to build. So I do like the Heat. I think they're going to certainly make for more compelling April than we thought we might get in the East. But for right now, I'm still going with Giannis. Asking around the league the name that the Heat could use the most maybe is Drew Holiday. But here's the issue with getting a guy like Drew Holiday who fills the need they have at point guard. They don't really have a point guard. They have a futuristic positionless offense in which everyone passes the ball and everyone gets assists. But the issue with getting a Drew Holiday, for instance, or even a Chris Paul L, is that those guys aren't giants. They're not A, literally physically big. They could use some size. But they're also not like actual stars. They're not superstars at the very least. And so when we talk about the Swiss Army Knife nature of this, the depth, all of these guys coming out of nowhere that I didn't know before, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, etc. The issue is that this is at odds with our notions of how NBA championships are won. I hate to be that guy who is dismissing a Coach of the Year job by Eric Spolstra, great Filipino-American. But the issue is the math doesn't make sense. You need someone better than Jimmy and Bam at the end of the day to do the thing that we expect every contender to do.
Pablo, you run around taking credit for starting the phrase, the process, and you're sitting here praising the heat an awful lot, and that process has produced just Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and they lose at home last night to that Swiss Army knife in a way that doesn't have a lot of people feeling real confident in them. I am deeply conflicted about this. I am a priest of the process, and I've officiated two weddings in my life. One was for two Sixers fans at the Rights to Ricky Sanchez lottery party, and the other was Dan Lebetard's, and Pat Riley was literally at that one. And yet I find myself riding with the again? Sixers. No, again? No, again, you're going to roll over. You you just praise the heat a lot, yes, because you were in the presence of Pat Riley. The same way, man, those Showtime Lakers would have <laughs> taken advantage of you, man. I wanted a hug from Riley. I did not get one. How do his hugs rate on the hug scale, Dan? He is, he is yes, he is not. He is uncomfortable with my way of hugging. <laughs> Coming up next on my son Stevie show. He's, he's backing up. What's happening? <laughs> oh, oh my God. It's time to play the game that has us wanting to shove Pablo into a locker. Do you question? You give us topics and events. Let's do it via television here. Can we get this cameraman to pan back to show how flimsy the environment Pablo is in? It is meant to look like he is at the height of journalism and sports television, but he doesn't even have a cameraman there, does he? No, he does nope. not. Nope, it is just me. All right. High budget. Oh, uh, there it is. We've oh, got some no. There it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you question if the defense could have done more to stop Ronaldo? All right. Ronaldo's pretty good. We all know this. There's a consensus about Ronaldo being pretty good. But let's see what happened in Italy here. Did the defense do anything to stop Ronaldo? <laughs> Whoa. Wow. He kind of. Uh, defied gravity there a little bit, didn't he? Like, he stayed yeah, he up a long time. <laughs> Good God! He's, He's like that dog his... that Mina Kimes was doing the OTL piece on. That is correct. His crotch is above that dude's head. The only thing I technically question when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo is who does his eyebrows because I want their number. Do you question if this defender deserves credit? Girls high school basketball is where we go to shame people of all ages. Let's see what we have here. Does the defender deserve credit? Mm. Well, she's sticking with her. Oh, no. no she's, she's backing up. What's happening? Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Brilliant. I, mean, I gotta give her credit because she was protecting the paint there. That that wasn't gonna be a drive that went over her somersaulting body. My number one rule when you're faced with humiliating physical inadequacy is to pretend you're injured, and obviously in this case, to do that would just uh, to be yes. admitting that your ankles have broken. So the second rule, it turns out, yes. is pretend you're breakdancing. Just start yes. popping and locking as soon as you like slip on a patch of ice or something. <laughs> Aaron Baines, pay attention. That little girl just showed you how you come back from getting murdered on live television. Mm. Pablo, I can't believe that on national television just now, you popped and locked. You attempted to poorly pop and lock. Do you question if this thief got off easy? I defy anyone in the history of this network to say that they are better at shaming thieves than we are here. We love televising footage of very incompetent thieves. Did this guy get off easy? Whoa. Oh, he's going to get hit by a car. 
Is that like a giant? What, what is, is that? Stealing? Is that a, is that a just toolbox? a box of stuff? And this guy just takes it back. That didn't quite work. <laughs> I mean, he did get off easy. I mean, that's a crime. And all he does is go and drive home with his shame. But can we talk about this getaway driver? Can we roll that back real quick? Because I have questions about how good that guy is at also his part of well, the Well, I, I the think the flaw here. in the plan. Oh, you're right. The getaway oh, yeah, driver no, was very bad. But yeah. why is he just like in a parking spot? You wait outside the doors with the gas running. Wow. He like turned wow. on the car. I had no idea, Pablo. You were such an expert at heists. I did not know that. <laughs> but I seem to remember a thief on this show who didn't get off that easy. Oh, good. Oh, this guy. Yes, this is the yeah. golf club. Yes. <laughs> Get him. Yeah. He went for the whole register. No, but watch this at the end here, L. Look, he, he does, once he starts getting hit with the golf club, he develops a good plan. Oh, my God. Oh. What? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Not quite how it happens in the movies when someone jumps out of a shattering glass. <laughs> It's time to play the game that will rant aimlessly during this segment. See? Oh, no. You L. give us topics oh and okay. events you and tell us what's on television. Wow, Elle is really bad at that. You had one job. I don't. I well, just two, don't. I give up. I quit. Tonight at 8 p.m., Lakers and Bucks. Giannis can take the league back here, not just tonight. I'm saying in general, from all of these three-star teams, this team with one star, one star who is growing, now goes up against LeBron and Anthony Davis. Listen to what he has to say about how LeBron's playing. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. Uh, obviously, for me, that's one of my goals, to like be able to you know, play in a high level for the next 10 years. But he's, like, he's about turning 35 this month. And then he's moving like that, playing like that, just you know, playing smart, and it's insane. You say what he's able to do, but he's LeBron James, you know, he's different, he's alien, so. <laughs> Pablo, that's one alien, from one alien to another. What do you, uh, you like this one? Of course you I do. I do, I do. That is one hell of a blurb for LeBron James's book jacket. Giannis calling him a freak, but Giannis himself I mean, the guy is shooting over 40% from three in December. He is taking over five a game. This is why this game is going to be so interesting. Giannis is still evolving, still mutating into something better. And if he was not so innocent, I'd also think that this was some shade at LeBron. Oh, 34 and you're still doing that. Wow, that's so impressive because I'm 25 and better than everybody. L, are you intrigued? Are you joking, Dan? An opportunity to watch the Lakers play and halftime's not going to be at midnight? Hell yeah, I'm in. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yes, East Coast. We're going to be able to watch this one. Hello. Streaming on Bleacher Report, untold stories. These are well done. Ricky Williams is always interesting. And here he's telling the story of how he ended up on one of the most famous sports covers you'll ever see, ESPN the magazine. He's in a wedding dress opposite a tuxedoed Mike Ditka. Earlier, earlier that summer, I did a photo shoot with Coach Dicka for ESPN the magazine. And at the time, the writer for ESPN the magazine, Dan Lebertard, one of my best friends at the time, we were talking about, you know, how do we want to do this this photo shoot to, you know, to co to commemorate the, uh, the Saints drafting me, trading all the picks. And so he said, you know, it's kind of like a marriage. And so what if we did a picture of you in a wedding dress and Coach Dicka in a in a tuxedo? 
and at the time I was in the car and I and I laughed and I said that that would be really funny and I didn't really think about it until I decided to do to do the photo shoot. And I remember after the photo shoot, I was in the limo going back to the training facility with Coach Dicka, and he looked at me and he says, I don't know how they got you to put on a wedding dress. <laughs> and again, I was like, you're supposed to tell me this before the photo shoot. Um, can I go back for just a second and obsess narcissistically over the cartoonish me? Because that looks yes. like the devil. That lo- Yes, that looks it like does. the devil. That looks like Beelzebub. That is Lucifer. Uh, this was not my idea. I was just the messenger on the idea. And we thought it was going to be harmless, but it ended up being a whole controversial thing. Pablo, are you intrigued? I am intrigued. That devil's hairline did seem on point, though. That seemed photorealistic. Um, but I am also a victim of Dan Lebitard. I once wound up interviewing Jesse Ventura as a co-host on Dan's radio show while dressed as a killer whale. And I have questions that I had never been able to answer about that. So I'm yeah, with you, man. I can put that up there, too. Al, how about you? Wow, this is a really self-involved segment. How about you, Al? Are you intrigued? By the way, not only do you look like the devil, you look like if Jim Rome dressed as the devil. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, Am I interested in watching the Amelia Earhart of cannabis? Are you joking? Of course I want to watch that. Ricky Williams sacrificed his career so that guys like Gronk could, in a very mainstream way, walk the weed path to glory. So I am all here for Ricky Williams. Love that dude. That's all the time we have for today. L, thank you for improving the quality of your cards. You can check out Pablo Torre, high noon every day, 4 Eastern, and L, 7 a.m. Sports Center. Dan's what? Dan, what is your go-to dance move? Uh, I just overbite. <laughs> there it is. Mm. I don't have no. I I am embarrassing on behalf of all my people. <laughs>